Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, a place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. Well, no doubt uh, many of you will know the uh, famous German pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's famous because he was uh, one of the uh, sadly few Christian leaders during uh, the rise of Nazi Germany and uh, uh, who, who, who stood against Hitler when much of the church got behind him. He's famous because he was a pastor who thought it best to actually attempt to assassinate Hitler uh, and had to work through the, 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 the theology of, of taking that sort of action. Uh, Bonhoeffer, uh, a fascinating man, uh, a man who, uh, it has to be said, was a wonderful champion of the gospel truth at a time when many in the church were putting loyalty to the state, the Nazi state, Hitler's state, before God. They were seeking to bless what was not able to be blessed and Bonhoeffer was seeking to stand against that and call people back to the God of the Bible. Things got uh, so bad uh, that Bonhoeffer eventually found himself in an underground Bible college uh, teaching uh, Christians who were seeking to remain true to the gospel, the, the foundations and basics of the faith so that they could go out and be pastors to other Christians who wanted to uh, hold on to the true gospel at a time when it was very, very difficult to do that indeed. That college was ultimately disbanded, but Bonhoeffer uh, continued to be deeply invested in those people. He wrote letters to those people. He would encourage them in their faith. Uh, and eventually Bonhoeffer is offered a, a scholarship. He goes to the United States for a while to, to do further theological training. Uh, but at the time, he writes to a, a friend these words about Uh, how he feels about being separated from the German people whom he really feels God has called him to serve. He says, I've come to the conclusion that I made a mistake in coming to America. I must live through this difficult period in our national history with the people of Germany. I will have no right to participate in the reconstruction of Christian life in Germany after the war if I do not share the trials of this time with my people. Christians in Germany will have to face the terrible alternative of either willing the defeat of their nation in order that Christian civilization may survive or willing the victory of their nation and thereby destroying civilization. I know which of these alternatives I must choose, but I cannot make that choice from security. Here is a man whom God has called for the time. A man whom God has placed on his heart a deep love for those people who God called him to reach, the German people. A man who was passionate 
about proclaiming the gospel no matter what the cost. A man who, in many senses, was not unlike the Apostle Paul, who we read about, uh, whose letter we're working our way through at the moment, and who we see in our reading today also has this deep care and love for the people God has called him to reach, for the Thessalonians in this case. But he's a man who finds himself separated, who has had to flee this church which he loves because of persecution of Christians. And we know that the occasion for Paul writing this letter to the Thessalonians is that uh, Timothy has come back from visiting the church and told Paul, look, Paul, be encouraged. They are holding on to the gospel. Things are continuing to go well. But there are some issues. And one of the issues that uh, it seems that there was, that we can sort of reconstruct from today's reading, is that people were kind of questioning Paul's motivations. Why did he actually come to Thessalonians? Was he just in it for himself? Did he actually care? And, of course, Paul goes, as we see through uh, this first half of chapter 2, to confront these misconceptions and to show us uh, what it is to be uh, someone whom God has called to a people, to love them deeply and to serve them with all of our lives. We see a great model in Paul, I think, for us as we seek to be a people who are sent to those in Lindisfarne and surrounding suburbs. Well, let's take a look at what Paul says in this letter. First of all, uh, Paul uh, talks about why he was there in the first place. Did he go for personal gain? Well, let's have a look. Verses 1 to 4. Verse 1, you know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. This is a a bit of an interesting opening verse because uh, you've got to work out uh, what it actually means. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the word that's translated there, uh, not without results, uh, is literally the word for empty. That you know that our visit to you was not empty. But that doesn't really make sense, so people have to figure out what they mean. And some go, it was not without results. That is, Paul came, he preached the gospel, people converted. That could definitely be one reading. But I think a better reading, and I'm, I've got some heroes on my side like uh, John Stott uh, who say uh, that a a better understanding of what Paul's saying here is you know brothers and sisters that our visit to you was not empty of purpose it was not without purpose that is that, that Paul has come to town with a reason to preach the gospel without fear or favour. And so in verse 2, Paul says that in spite of the fierce opposition that came, he came and he achieved his purpose. That is, he preached the gospel to them. But why go somewhere where you're not from and preach to the gospel in a city that clearly many people there don't want you there because uh, they, go, they go hard against you? Well... Verses 3 and 4, Paul says, we, uh, the appeal we make, the, 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 the preaching of the gospel of coming to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ does not spring from, from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. Don't believe what people say. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not here trying to please 
people, but God who tests our hearts. Paul has turned up in this town, sent by God with the purpose of preaching the gospel regardless of the consequences. He'll preach this gospel that God has called him to preach no matter what happens to him. And so Paul goes because he wants people to respond to God. He goes because God has called him to go. People come against him. They attack his motivations. Paul says, no, no, even God can test my heart on this one. I'm here because he sent me. And because nothing matters more than people hearing the word of God. So that's why Paul has gone, to preach the message. But what did he do when he was there? Did he, how did he go about this task that he had? And that's what he really goes on to outline in verses 5 through 12. Paul has gone to Thessalonica to preach the gospel, to tell people about Jesus uh, and to disciple those who respond. And there are a million different ways that you can do that, aren't there? You can go and preach the gospel by flipping over a milk crate and standing up in the public square and, and literally proclaim the gospel. You can uh, get on your keyboard and become a keyboard warrior for the gospel. You can uh, uh, seek to be a person who is known for uh, love and, and kindness and uh, hope that that opens up opportunities to preach. There's hundreds of different ways that you can go about preaching the gospel. Well, how does Paul go about his ministry of proclaiming Jesus whilst he's in town? Well, we, he, he outlines it. We see first, we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness, verse 5. Uh, in their approach from the outset, they were honest. They tr- spoke the true gospel. They, they told the truth about why they were there. They were humble, verse 6. We were not looking for praise from people, nor from you or from anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. They chose not to, uh, uh, to take a place of honour, but instead chose to be uh, people who served, who were humble, humble like children. Instead, verse 7, we were like children among you. We could have been these authoritative leaders, but we chose instead to come as children, humbly uh, seeking to serve you with this good news about Jesus. And why did they choose this way of operating? Because they were full of love. Verses 7 and 8, Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. I find this verse so interesting because uh, Paul says, We loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. I think that for many of us today, if we were going to write something like this, we would write something like this. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share you not only our lives, but the gospel as well. The gospel often 
is like a second thing. Like, hey, we love you heaps. And now here's the gospel as well. But for Paul, he's sort of saying, hey, we loved, we loved you so much that we not only told you the way to salvation, as the, that literally the most loving thing you can do, but in fact, we opened ourselves to you. We let you uh, into our lives. We loved you and, and cared for you. We were open with you. The sharing of the gospel was a whole of life thing for Paul, as it should be for us. But in opening up his whole life, he never made the gospel secondary to that. In fact, that was primary. Paul was honest. He was humble. He was full of love as he shared the gospel with them. But he was also a man who worked really hard. Verse 9. You remember, surely, brothers and sisters, our toil, our hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of uh, the gospel of God to you. When they arrive in town, no one knows the gospel. And so as they begin their mission, they seek uh, to be people who work hard so that they don't need to be a burden on those whom they are going to share the gospel with. And I think you can see this principle even in action today uh, as we seek to share the gospel with others too. Uh, when we um, run Alpha, for example, which we seek to share with people the good news about Jesus, we put on dinner every night and we turn the lights on in the hall and uh, we give up our time to be there and all of these things cost us money and time. And we don't say to the people who are coming in to check out the faith, hey, can you chuck 20 bucks in the, in the, in the tin so that you can cover dinner? It's a free gift, a burdenless gift to those who come so that they can start to grapple with the gospel. Paul, likewise, worked hard at supporting himself so that those he was sharing the gospel with didn't have to support him. It's like when we send missionaries overseas, we, we support them so that they can go to those places and not be a burden to them. And it wasn't just uh, this honest, humble, love-filled, burdenless, uh, hard-working uh, 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 man that went, but it was also a man who sought to live a holy life that reflected the gospel truth. Verse 10. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. They lived out the gospel by being holy. Their whole lives mattered. Their lives spoke to the power and truth of the gospel to transform. And ours do too. It's no good going out and telling people the good news of Jesus. If we're not letting that same good news continue to work on us. Transforming us bringing us back to repentance. Their whole life mattered. And once people responded to this honest, humble, love-filled, burdenless, holy presentation of the gospel, we see that Paul then moved into the spiritual parent mode. 
verses 11 and 12. We dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom. They loved them before they came in and when they come into the kingdom through faith in Jesus Christ, they respond positively to the message. They keep on loving them. They show them how to live like a father shows his child how to live. As the Thessalonians responded, Paul continued to encourage them, well done, keep going. Yes, that is the kind of way a Christian ought to live. Urging them, don't stop doing that, live like this. Comforting them, it's okay, the grace of God covers that sin. This is how Paul sought to minister to the Thessalonians and bring them the good news. And the Thessalonians responded in one of two ways to this kind of presentation of the gospel. Acceptance and rejection. Verses 13 and 14. We thank God continually because when you received the word of God, you accepted it. Not as a human word, but as it actually is. The word of God which is at work in you who believe. There are a whole bunch of people who heard the gospel proclaimed, who God was at work uh, in their hearts powerfully by the Holy Spirit. We read about that in verse 5 of chapter 1. And who are responding positively to this message, accepting it. They realise that Paul is indeed a true messenger sent from God to bring them the good news of salvation. And they bow the knee to Jesus and Paul helps them to grow in their faith. But there are a whole bunch of other people who don't respond like that at all. A whole bunch of other people who, as they have done anywhere the gospel is preached, reject it and actively work against it. You suffered from your own people, the same thing those churches in Judah suffered from the Jews, who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displeased God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit and the wrath of God has come upon them at last. As we heard last week, as you read in Acts chapter 17, the Thessalonian church had great difficulty in its early days. People worked hard to make the people who responded to, with faith in Jesus to give up. They started by making life so difficult Paul had to flee. They persecuted the new Christians, bringing them before the court. And Paul says in doing this, they're carrying on a long tradition. Paul's experienced in all the towns he's gone to, opposition and rejection of the gospel. These people are at work today as well, aren't they? People who are opposing the faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Sometimes I think we, we want to come to the Bible and, 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 and see in Paul a model for how to, have, how to do things properly so that things go well. But Paul's saying this is how to do things properly and people are going to respond, but some other people are going to, they're going to fight you. They're going to reject you. Be ready for that. What are we to make of all of this today? Well, we do too, I think, as Paul did in his day. We have a purposeful reason for being in Lindisfarne. There's a purposeful reason for you being here today. To hear and to share the gospel. To know that God loves you. That Jesus died for you and that this news will transform the lives of anyone who bows the knee and says, yes, Lord, I believe. Jesus calls us, once we've done that, to tell others, to make disciples by sharing the gospel. And Paul, he gives us a great model for how to go about that. Honestly, humbly, full of love for those we're called to, seeking not to burden them, living our lives with holiness before them. And when people accept the message, discipling them, helping them to grow. In fact, I think uh, this is kind of another way of looking at what, what, what those banners are on about at the back of the church there. A church for Lindisfarne, that is, a church that is honest and humble and full of love for the neighbour, that brings blessing, not burdens to those around them and that reflects the values of Jesus in our, uh, the way we live our lives. Paul was an apostle for Thessalonica. He wanted them to flourish and he wanted them to do that ultimately by hearing the gospel. We're a church for Lindisfarne. We want the good of Lindisfarne and surrounds. And ultimately that comes by hearing the gospel, by making disciples of Jesus, the second part. A church that shares the gospel and instructs them on how to grow as Christians when they do respond. And if we're going to be that kind of church, then all of us have a role to play. As we reflect on Paul's ministry today, uh, which I think is a good work example of, of, of the kind of thing we're hoping to be on about as a church, then let us be encouraged by Paul's example to, to, to put this stuff into practice in our own witness. Let me encourage you uh, to finish today to think of one or two people in our community whom God has placed on your heart, whom you wish to share the good news of Jesus with. And then think about how you can be that kind of honest, humble, love-filled, burdenless witness to the gospel. How can you be a person of blessing to them? Might be something simple, like just calling them for a chat or a coffee. Cooking them a meal, simply asking how they are. I don't know what, what it is, I don't know who the people are that God has placed on your heart. But I'm certain there's a way that you can show that you love them. And then as you do that, 
Start praying that God would open their hearts and that you would have an opportunity to use your words to speak about the power of the gospel and about the hope of the gospel. Talking about what God's been up into your, in, your, in your life recently. Talking about something you've read in the Bible. Offering to pray for them. Asking if they're interested in reading the Bible with you. Pray for opportunities and take them when God produces them. And let's see what God does as we follow Paul's example. And let me say that for some of us, we'll, we'll take Paul's example and we'll run with it. And we'll lose friends. And people will reject us. But others will get the gift of life and will be encouraged as we invest in them and help them to come into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Let's be like Paul and seek to be a blessing to those around us as we share the gospel with them in word and deed. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. I hope you were encouraged by God as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church. www.lindisfarneanglican.org.au Or like us on Facebook by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus. God bless you.